Good morning again. Uh, I want to thank Ronnie, man. He had two of his vocalists are out sick right now, so uh, he, he t- took it all on uh, the vocals by himself there. I think next time Billy said he was going to help, but we weren't too sure about that, so um, <laughs> Ronnie's up here saying no. Um, Robbie, can you turn these two guys on these sides over here for me, too, just so I can see a little better? Thanks. Um, when I think of, uh, when I think about God, right, so many words that I think of when I think about God, you know, things that we use oftentimes to describe him and, and who he is, you know, things like God is good or um, God is in control, right, or, or uh, you know, oftentimes we say God is sovereign, he's loving, right, God is he's wise, he's just, he's gracious, he is, he is all-knowing, and we use, we use those words to describe God all the time, but, but the word that I think that stands out more, uh, more than anything else, that, you know, after being his child for the last 25 years, uh, is just that God is faithful, right? I mean, through the ups and through the downs, through the challenges, through the twists and turns of life, he is a faithful father. He is a faithful God. If you're joining us uh, this morning for the, for the first time, or maybe you've missed the start of the series two weeks ago, um, we are in a series uh, that we're uh, calling Fathered by God. And so I want to welcome you if you're new this morning, um, but I uh, wanted to catch you up on that. And what we're doing is we're taking a look at what it means to have a Heavenly Father that loves us unconditionally. A Heavenly Father that, you know, loves us sacrificially. He is a Father, we talked about, who will never leave us, He will never let us down. He is one who always keeps His promises. Two weeks ago, we talked about how the relationship that we have with our earthly Father Right? And, and, and how these relationships, whether, whether good or bad or ugly, how they impact every one of us. We talked about how the fact that every single one of us at some point in our life are going to experience or, or feel the emotion of being fatherless. For some of you, uh, you know, maybe you're here today and your dad abandoned you years ago. Uh, for some of you, maybe you've never met him before. Right? For some of you, you, know, you lost your father uh, like I did, but all of us are going to experience this emotion. So at some point, every one of us has to make a decision. Will I let God be my father? And I want to say, you know, um, all of us, whether, whether it's you know, good, bad, ugly, whatever that it was, we have to make a decision. Will I let God be my father? Do I trust him enough to father me? Do I believe that he loves me enough to trust him when I can't understand what, what he is doing? Will I lean into him and allow him to carry my burdens when I can't carry them any longer? Do I believe that, that God is a faithful father who always has my best in mind, who always has my back, who will even come along at moments and just lovingly correct me when I'm wrong, one who will give me direction and give me guidance in life when I don't know which way to go and who will never leave me, never abandon me, no matter what I do, that he is that kind of father. See, because what you believe about God being a faithful father honestly is going to shape every decision you're going to make in life. It's going to shape how you deal with and handle difficult situations. It's going to shape how you approach your marriage and and relationships. It's going to shape how you approach parenting. It's going to shape the the day-to-day decisions that you have to make. It's going to shape how you approach the future. It's just that big a deal. It truly is. Let me tell you from firsthand experience. See, when you get to that place, where you believe at the very core of your being that God is faithful, that he is actually a faithful father. Look, it's life-changing. 
So what does it mean for God to be faithful? Right? What, what exactly does that mean? Well, God's faithfulness means that his character can be trusted and his word can be believed. See, faithfulness is just at the core of his nature. He never goes back on any promises ever. We live in an age today right, where we've got things like prenuptial agreements. We've got signed contracts, written waivers. Very few people trust anyone anymore. In the past, um, I've shared a statistic with you that roughly 60% of the people in the state of Pennsylvania are unchurched. Now, when I say that 60% are unchurched, it doesn't mean that the, you know, the, the, the other 40%, that doesn't mean that they go to a church that truly preaches the gospel and believes in the inerrancy of the Bible. It just means they're going to church somewhere. And so the lostness of our area, right, when you think about it, it's overwhelming. But when you sample these groups, right, the, the, these folks that do these statistics, they ask people outside of the church, right, they, they, they ask them, why don't you go to church? And the top reason was religious people are too judgmental. But another top reason, 63.3% of people believe you know, that they actually don't trust the religious leaders in the church. Even people inside the church, 72.8% of people in the church said they don't trust religious leaders. Now, two weeks ago, I gave you some, some national statistics for children born out of wedlock and, and, and stats for children living in fatherless homes. And we said 24.7 million children in the United States right now live in homes without the biological father. 39%, 17.7 million students grade 1 through 12 live in homes absent their biological father. And so here's where we are. If you don't trust religious leaders, right, or, or folks even in the church that are kind of like father figures, and you've got millions of children growing up struggling to trust a biological father who has either let them down or abandoned them or one that maybe they've even met, then why in the world could we ever trust a God that we can't see, smell, you can't touch him, you can't wrap your arms around him. Why in the world would a person ever trust a God who refers to himself as a father? Why would they do that? Well, we have to talk then about how can we be sure then that God is faithful? Right? How can we be sure that he is a faithful father? If God's asking us to, to trust him and to call him father and to lean into him like a father, then how can we know that we can trust him? Well, first of all, the Bible tells us that he's faithful. Right, listen to how some of the writers of Psalm describe God's faithfulness. David, in Psalm 36, 5, he says this, Your loving devotion, O Lord, reaches to the heavens. He says, Your steadfastness to the clouds. In Psalm 89, 1, an author by the name of Ethan, he writes this. He says, I will sing of the loving devotion of the Lord forever. With my mouth, he says, I will proclaim your faithfulness to all generations. Now, some of you walked into this place today, and you are spiritually lost. Right? You're dead in your sins. You're, you're, you're separated from God. You have no relationship with Christ. I want you to listen to what the Apostle Paul writes about God's faithfulness to you. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, he says, God is faithful by whom you were called into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. God is faithful. See, if you're here this morning, the faithfulness of God's character is calling you into a relationship with Jesus Christ this morning. That's how faithful he is. When we walk in sin, for those of, of you like myself, right, we're Christ followers. And, and we decide maybe we're going to walk in sin, walk away from God. How does God respond to us? 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I mean, think about this. Here we are trying to walk away from God's covering, walk away from God's protection, walk away from our relationship with God. And we're walking in sin and God is saying, look, come on back. He says, that's how faithful I am. 
When we're tempted to sin, which we're, you know, we're dealing with all the time, listen to how faithful he is. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide an escape so that you can stand up under it. See, that's how faithful he is. Right When we're tempted to sin, God goes, you know what? I'm going to give you a way out if you'll take it. And then, I mean, when we just want to be faithful to him, right? When we want to walk blameless before him in this crazy world that's constantly pulling at every angle against us, trying to pull us away from God. Here's the faithfulness that Paul talks about in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24. He says, God will make this happen. For he who calls you is faithful. See, he will allow you to withstand and to stand against whatever culture is doing to us and, and pulling against you because he is just that faithful, Now, I know for a lot of people, there's this huge issue with saying that God's faithful because the Bible tells me so, right? We actually live in a culture today where growing numbers of people, especially those in the millennial generation, believe that the Bible's either not completely true or just simply not relevant. As a matter of fact, in 2015, the Barna Group reported that one out of four unchurched Americans now classify themselves as atheists and agnostics, and their two biggest reasons for either denying the existence of God or literally believing that God is so far out there that he wants no relationship at all is because they reject the Bible as being true or they don't trust the church. They don't trust religious leaders. Now, while I believe that the Bible is 100% true, it's 100% without error for millions of people, when you say something is true because the Bible just says it's so, it just doesn't fly like it used to. So how can we know, how can we still know that God is faithful? Well, faithful, we need to understand, is central to his character. I want you to think about what life would be like if God could not be trusted. I want you to think about what life would be like if God was just not faithful, right? We would have no hope for the future. We would just have to give our lives into fear and into worry, and there would be nothing solid to anchor our lives into. You see, God has to be completely faithful at the very core of who he is, or he is no better than any other God that anyone else out there worships. Right, The Muslims or the, or the Mormons or the Buddhists, he's no better than any of those gods if he's not faithful at the core of his being. See, God's faithfulness is central to his character. He is, I mean, he is who he is. And you need to understand that what you believe about his faithfulness doesn't change that. Right? It doesn't make him any more faithful. It doesn't make him any less faithful. His faithfulness is complete. It doesn't change. His faithfulness is not impacted by our actions. It's not impacted by what society is now doing. It's not impacted by who is in government or controlling government. But what we believe about his faithfulness impacts every area of our lives. Listen, he is a faithful father that does not lie. He does not fabricate. He's not into games. He's not out to trick us. He's not you know, playing some kind of cosmic hide-and-seek game with us. He's not inconsistent. He's not moody. There's not going to be any kind of like WikiLeaks stuff coming out about him. There's not going to be any secret videos or audios coming out about him. No, look, his faithfulness means that he is always the same. He's always dependable. His word is true. He's completely committed to his purposes. He's completely trustworthy. And because of that, you can trust him with every detail of your life for the rest of your life. Think for a moment what you might know about Israel in the Old Testament. Some of you might know a whole lot. Some of you might not know much at all. But from the very beginning, God engaged a man by the name of Abraham. And he said, he said listen, Abraham, I'm going to build a great nation out of you. It's going to be called Israel. 
You're going to be my chosen people. And he made this eternal commitment to them. And in Deuteronomy chapter 7, Moses is talking to the people of Israel. And Moses is speaking for God. And he says this. The Lord did not set his heart on you and chose you because you were numerous, more numerous than the other nations. For you were the smallest of all nations. Rather, it was simply that the Lord loves you and he was keeping the oath he had sworn to your ancestors. That is why the Lord rescued you with such a strong hand from your slavery and from the oppressive hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Now, when I look at the Old Testament, right, and I look at the children of Israel and and just how many times they they turned their, their backs on God and how many times they just, you know, committed spiritual adultery against him, how many times they were unfaithful to him. Look, there is no way that I would have hung in there with them if I was God. Right. Thankfully, I was not God to them because if I were God to them, I would have fired them as a people group a long time ago. But not God. Why? Because he made a covenant with them. Right? He had made a covenant with, with Abraham back in the, the book of Genesis that the descendants of Abraham would forever be his chosen people and that he would never turn his back on them. He actually promised Abraham in Genesis that he would give him a son and that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. And listen to how Abraham responds to this promise. The writer of Romans actually talks about it in chapter 4. And he says, says, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. He had to actually wait until he was 100 years old to see this promise fulfilled that God was going to give him a son. His wife Sarah was about 90 or 91. In fact, it says that his, his faith grew stronger and in this brought glory to the Lord. See, he was fully convinced that God would do whatever he had promised him. In other words, God is just faithful to his core. It's just central to his character. And the third thing is that he has a track record of keeping his promises. Right? Moses goes on and he says in Deuteronomy 7, 9, know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps his covenant of loving devotion for a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. Now, if you've ever been betrayed by an earthly father before, you know how painful that is, Right? I've had some conversations with, with people who've you know, experienced pain with their earthly father. Some of you in this room, like me, you've lost your father to death and you can relate to what we talked about two weeks ago. Listen, as someone who has worked with people now for, for many years doing what I do, I've realized that trust, especially when you're, when you're talking about a father, is a fragile thing. You know, maybe you've trusted someone in your life, right? You put your trust in them in a big way and they just, they just walked away from you. Maybe you trusted, you know, something or someone into, into their hands, the hands of another person, and they betrayed your confidence. Maybe you were wounded by a church or a church leader. Maybe it's your earthly father that, that deeply wounded you, and so trust is just a, a huge challenge for you. You know, I think about where we are right now with the political climate of our country, Right? Where we are with our government, I I think every one of us in this room, regardless of what you think about what is happening, right, with the presidential race and this impeachment and everything, I mean, right now is like a soap opera. Every day, right, there's there's a new twist, there's a new turn, there's a new leak, there's a new video. Listen, for those of us who are Christ followers, right, those of us who have put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ, we need to understand God is our anchor. He is our rock, Right? We should not be shaken by anything that is going on around us. I mean, the the, the road of life, listen, is just littered with broken commitments, broken pledges, broken promises. Yet in all of history, God has never broken a single promise that he has ever made. 
There are over 7,000 promises recorded in the Bible, and yet God has never broken one of them, not one of them. And so as we go you know, through the next however many months of this election and political climate, we should be you know, strong, just going, you know, whatever happens, we're good. Because look, we're not anchored in what happens in our country. We're not happen, you know, anchored in what happens in the, the next coming years or whoever's running the government. God is in control of that, and we're anchored in him. Let the world around us see our faith. Let it see that we're, we're unshaken by what's happening because our faith is not anchored in what happens in this country. When King Solomon was dedicating a new building to the Lord, a new temple, Listen to what he said at God's dedication ceremony about God. He said in 1 Kings 8, 56, Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he promised. Not one word has failed of all the good promises he made through his servant Moses. Listen to what Joshua said about his experience with God. In Joshua 21, 45, not one of all the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. He said everything was fulfilled. Look, if you're not big on the Old Testament, how about the Apostle Paul in the New Testament? He's this guy that used to persecute Christians. In 2 Corinthians 1, 20, here's what Paul says. He says, for all the promises of God are yes in Christ. And so through him, our amen is spoken to the glory of God. And so because of Jesus, right, every promise is yes. And through Christ, it's all just a big fat amen. Listen, the thing is, you know, he's, he's also promises to be faithful for the long haul. Moses declares in verse 9 of Deuteronomy 7 that God keeps his covenants At the very heart of that statement, Moses is actually referring to a greater overall purpose that God has for the world. Right, and that's good news because God's covenant that he made with Israel, you ready for this, now extends to you and me. See, when God originally made this covenant, he set out to make Israel a unique, you know, set apart people in this world. And his part of the covenant was to provide them with land, to meet their needs, to give them guidance uh, along the way. And, And Israel's part of the covenant was just simply to walk with and to obey God's word. God made and kept his end of the covenant. Israel failed to keep theirs. And so when you get into the prophet Jeremiah in the Old Testament, he writes that God is writing a new covenant. And this covenant would be on the, not on tablets of stone, but yet would be written on the hearts of men and the people he's referring to are people just like you and me. See, God's purpose in the world, other than to share his love with us so that it can bring glory to himself, is to set you apart, to make you brand new, to be a people who are living proof of the difference it can make when Jesus Christ is in your life. That doesn't mean that he's gone away from Israel. It just means he's brought us into it. Philippians 1.6, what a great promise. He says this, and I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. That means that God will be faithful to do a work within you for the rest of your life or until Jesus comes back. And so regardless of where you are on the Christian journey, God's faithfulness says, look, I'm not finished with you. See, he's not a father who's going to die out on you. He's going to be faithful to you until either the day you die or Jesus comes back. And so with all of that said, what should our response be? Right? How should we respond to, to this faithful father? Here's what you do. First of all, is that you respond with an unwavering confidence in him. Some of you are walking around life right now without a lot of hope. Walking around without a a lot of purpose, with a lot of fear, without a lot of confidence. And for many of you, it goes back to your father. And some of you guys didn't have a father that believed in you. 
As a matter of fact, maybe he talked down to you, kept, kept burying you with his comments and his insults. And for some of you, you know, it's just kind of tough to have confidence in someone who wants to be called father. For some of you, you know, girls and women in here today, you had a dad maybe who never told you that he loved you, never made you feel special. And so for some of you, you spent so much time trying to find that affirmation, that love in places outside of God, and it's hurt you. Listen, the fact is, is that God believes in you when you think no one else does. He has confidence in you when you've lost confidence in yourself. Regardless of your story, you are never a failure when you are one of God's children. Why? Because he never gives up on his children. Never. See, the fact that he sacrificed the life of his own son to die for your sins should tell you how much value he has on your life. As a matter of fact, when you have the God of the universe... Right, The God of the universe personally on your side, the great I am wanting to be your father, wanting to spend time with you, wanting to invest in you personally, wanting to guide you, that should give you an unwavering confidence. Hebrews 10.23 says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. And you say, what does that mean? Right, It means that, that through the sacrifice of Jesus and his blood that was shed to pay the price for our sins, God can be counted on to be faithful to his covenant with us. Right? His faithfulness is not dependent upon your performance. It's dependent upon the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And look, that should give us amazing confidence. It should also give us an, just an increasing level of faith in him. You know, as I've gone through my life over the last 41 years, there have been many changes Right? There have been many in, in my life, many ups and downs. There have been many times when, when I was following my will, my way, my wants, my desires. There have been times when I've struggled and, and just gone through struggles and tough times. There were times when, when I was running from what God wanted me to do and times when he corrected me through that. But when I look back through all of that, through, through everything that, that, that has gone on over the last 41 years, there's one thing that I can look back on, one constant that I see just through all of that, through the good, the bad, the ugly, and it's the faithfulness of God. Right, from my earliest memories to, to even right now, I, I just see this string of faithfulness and it's just caused me to have a deepened love for him. From my earliest memories until right now, God has been there for me. He's the one constant. He's the one who's never failed me, right? He's the one who's never let me down. He has never died on me. He has had my back. He has been faithful, and I bet that if you were right now to look back at your life, I bet that you would see the same thing. That God has been faithful to you for your whole life. Right From the time that you were a little boy or, or a little girl, there's just been this string of faithfulness that's been running through your whole life. See, he's just always kept his promises. He's never left you. Even maybe when you've tried to leave him, when you thought that your way was better than his, he's never stopped loving you even when you have been sinful. His faithfulness, look, doesn't mean that we're not gonna go through tough times. Right? It doesn't mean that we're not gonna go through suffering. The Christian life, I mean, look, look at Jesus on the cross is rooted in suffering. It doesn't mean that people aren't gonna stop letting you down or disappointing you, including your earthly father. But what it does mean is this, is that through it all, God is faithful, right? He just can't help it. I mean, it's, it's just who he is. And the beautiful thing of, of all of that is that he wants to be your father today. 
Whatever your relationship is with your earthly father, good or bad or ugly, God the Father wants to be your father today and he's made it possible through Jesus Christ. Right? Jesus made it possible. I want you to bow your heads with me for a moment if you would.